Welcome into Film Tank, the weekly podcast that covers both new and classic cinema. On this episode of Film Tank, we discuss the 2015 film from the Wachowskis, which is Jupiter Ascending. If you would like to get in touch with Film Tank, you can always email us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Film Tank Show. And you can listen to all of our episodes on our website, filmtankshow.com, or on iTunes. And now, here are your hosts, Nick Cheney, Toussaint Egan, and myself, Alex Diekman. Hello there again, everyone, and welcome in to episode 201 of Film Tank. We have arrived in the 200s. Yeah, and what, and what awaits us? What awaits us in this brave new frontier of Film Tank? Well, likely in the next hundred episodes, we will do episodes on films better than the one we're going to do today. Oh, let's hope. <laughs> let's hope. We can only aim for the stars and hope we can reach higher. The good, a good barometer will be how many films are we going to do that's worse than this? I mean... Yeah, <laughs> I believe I you know I believe in in the potential of film to offer new surprises, new opportunities, and uh, I believe that we can sink just a little bit lower if we're allowed to see them. That is, if we're allowed to see them, that is, you know. So, anyways, that voice you hear opposite myself, Alex Diekman, is Tucson Egan. Hello. Yes. Hi. I'm with, here. With us as per usual. Yeah. Also here contemplating life and also what the fuck is going on uh, is Nick Cheney. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> so the film in question on uh, this episode is Jupiter Ascending, which uh, for the time being is the most recent film by the Wachowskis. However, uh, there is another film on the horizon, and that is something that we are going to get into before discussing uh, their 2015 film, Jupiter Ascending. There's a lot to talk about on this episode, Alex. Yeah, Uh, and we will eventually get to the film in question. Oh, yeah. Uh, A film that four and a half years ago, myself and Nicholas saw in the cinema. In IMAX, no less. Yeah. IMAX 3D. Yes. It was a uh, very poorly attended screening. How many people were there? Well, in all fairness, I'm pretty sure it was on a weekday. Yeah, we were during we did not the have winter. full-time jobs. No, <laughs> no. So uh, it wasn't like we went opening night or on a Saturday evening. Um, and also, just in general, going to the IMAX on a non-opening night showing is usually a lower... A barren wasteland. I mean, at that point, IMAX 3D was going for like $18 a ticket. Yeah. No, I mean, I remember I saw when I took my dad to see, I think, Furious 7. Okay. Like, after we had seen it, like mm-hmm. the opening Friday. Mm-hmm. And I took him to see it in the IMAX, like the Saturday, but it was during the day Saturday, and even that, which I believe did very well in the box office, mm-hmm. 
was like because it was during the day and it was because it was I think because it was IMAX there was like five other people in the theater hmm. well that sounds about right yeah <sighs> so uh, we are going to get to this film and also we're going to talk about some news surrounding the Wachowskis and oh, one of them oh well up there uh, <laughs> and a property of theirs that may have a little higher esteem than Jupiter Ascending. Uh, But all that going to come up shortly. First, um, we don't really spend too much time talking about current events, at least giving them their own segment. Mm -hmm. But there are a bunch of news stories that have happened recently. As of this recording. Yeah, uh, which is in August of 2019. Uh, And these stories uh, felt noteworthy, especially for people who talk about film for Mm -hmm. their podcast. So uh, it's been absolutely fucking nuts. Yeah, let me tell you. yeah. The, eh, I mean, I mean, with the proximity of this news, how they can mm. sort of like coincide with one another in such a short time span. I was like, I'm not used to such big sort of discussion pieces. I'm not. I'm. I'm not used to the discourse like running on multiple different wheels. You know what I mean? I suppose. So I guess actually, I think we should start. Uh, with a nice tie-in from our last episode, mm-hmm. if that's okay. Yeah. And I guess it is not the uh, story that's the furthest away from our recording. Is uh, The other story we're going to talk about in a few minutes happened a week and a half, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Anyways, this other story, the one we'll start with, uh, surrounds the last, uh, not the last episode, but episode 199, uh, which was about Spider-Man Far From Home. Yep. And there is news that's come out within the last couple days. Can't wait for the next film. Well, you might have to because Disney, for the time being, is stepping away from the Spider-Man character as they uh, were having negotiations with Sony. It seems like this is something that should have been ironed out long ago. Uh, and obviously they had some sort of agreement as there have been five films with Spider-Man in the Disney era. Yeah, they're co-parenting Spider-Man. I was going to say. However, they've decided that it's just not going to work out for the future, and they have decided to part. So Spider-Man has now went away from the Marvel Cinematic Universe for the time being. Mr. Stark, uh, I'm not feeling so hot. Oh, yeah. I'm not feeling so good. That's a shame. Yeah. So anyways, I um, as I mentioned on the Spider-Man episode, I don't really care that much about Spider-Man. Hmm. So for me, this isn't as big of a needle mover as it is for most people, I think. So I guess I'll kind of casually give my opinion on it. Yeah, sure. Uh, I just think that it's kind of doesn't feel authentic like it just feels like a total construction of some sort of ridiculous pissing war between two multi-billion dollar companies that have decided that they're just going to make this little spat they're having public and it's just turned into a pretty gross rights war i guess that that really just seems uh, not very authentic to me. It just yep. it just feels totally fabricated. It feels like this has been deliberately published um, in such a way, and I think that the statements from Sony sort of um, 
lend credence to this, that this information was actually uh, published explicitly in order to elicit a certain reaction online in order to sort of um, build up some sort of narrative heft to incentivize um, Disney's uh, continued acquisition of this character. And uh, people are being played like a goddamn fiddle. And uh, well, it's, it's, I think they are. I think I really, I really, really, really think I feel they like are. That's the least interesting takeaway from this news story is that, oh, I'm not believing in this. Therefore, it's, I'm, I don't know. Just, that's not the sum total of my, of my okay. opinion on this. It's I just, just meant, I, yeah, okay. Um, I think that, you know, I've, I've already talked about the Spider-Man films on this podcast and I've, I, I enjoy them. I enjoy mm-hmm. the MCU ones. I just, I think that honestly, the parts of this Spider-Man continuity that are explicitly grafted um, into the, the MCU are the least interesting parts of it, especially the fact of like Spidey's rogues gallery being basically just this second hand hammy down villains borrowed after like Iron Man is like, Oh, we're angry at Iron Man. So we're going to take it on the spider boy child. Um, yeah, I don't think, uh, this, this might be a controversial opinion, but I don't think that, uh, Disney should own everything. I don't think that they should. Don't yeah. think that is a controversial. Opinion. <laughs> I don't, oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm being facetious. Oh, I'm being facetious. Okay. I just yeah. To... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, cause I'm, I'm right there with you in the sense that I'm, I'm like Alex. I don't give a shit about Spider-Man, <laughs> but I'm probably the one person here that gives a shit about Spider-Man, but even, but even I'm, but even I'm like, you know, regardless of the quality of of these films themselves. And I do enjoy these films. I just, I don't think that Disney should own everything. No. And that's what I was about to say is that even though I don't care about Spider-Man, I was slightly, uh, giggly when I read the news because I just think that any company even if they're also part of the problem because they're a multi-billion hour company whatever uh, that can at least you know not let Disney have their ball uh, during this round of recess have they really I mean I know that, that for now they have but they've already made five films okay. I know co but have, if you look at the fact that Disney just killed off and I'm not saying they'll never bring them back but Iron Man and Captain America hmm? Sony is not taking Doctor Strange or just whatever like Spider-Man and clearly and the MCU is literally baking it into their narrative that Pete is like going to be the new Iron Man, which is so funny now. Uh, um, and, like, oh, I don't know. I just, fuck. like, they are taking a character. Now, if this doesn't come to fruition, it doesn't come to fruition. And then, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't say I got played like a fiddle. I, I just, like, am reacting to the news as it is being published as right now. So I'm taking this literally. Uh, and sure. sure enough, I will not be surprised if it turns out it's just a negotiation tactic between mm-hmm. the two soulless companies. But right now, <laughs> if this is all we have as far as information goes... which one's goes, the good company? Which one's the good guy in this battle? Real tough question. I bet it's the one that has all my favorite superheroes. In there. I bet but, it's the one that mashes them all together in one big film. Yeah. Um, I bet it's the one that okay. keeps on like getting the biggest box office ones and then trades off a lightsaber to the other one. Nick, you were saying? I was just going to say mm-hmm. that um, I just think that 
while this is in no way going to deter Disney from doing anything and or slow them down uh, in any which way, like, what a perfect way to, quote-unquote, start their new story arc. Uh, I mean, I know they have phases, but no one can give a fuck about phases. This is truly the second era of the Avengers, whatever. Mm-hmm. And for them to only get one film in before another company is like, yeah, let's, I don't care if our movies were shitty. Let's, why do you get him? And, you know, whatever. And like, I, I mean, don't they care. had Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Well, yeah, and I and I don't care if Sony doesn't even make another Spider-Man. Now, I'm sure if they truly get the rights back, they're going to. Like, that makes perfect sense as far as they're setting up a Venom, which makes that whole choice a lot more interesting and kind of clear-headed, in my opinion, in retrospect, because I've always was like, what the hell are they doing making a Spider-Verse, so to speak, without Spider-Man? So if this truly was a long game so to speak like well we'll just wait till the clock runs out um i don't know i just think that that's hilarious and it's not the greatest you know savviest business move ever but uh it in the immortal words of uh oh boy no it's uh what's her name from uh from ladybird the the mother uh the mom from uh Laurie Metcalf? Yes. Uh and she's got the scene when she gives uh a Christmas gift to I think to her husband. Anyway, it's got a funny saying on it, whatever, and so she like reads it and it's a very mom thing and she goes It makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel about this whole uh business transaction going down. It, it uh, just it, uh, it makes, makes me, me laugh. laugh. And uh, yeah, I just think that it's one of those things. Where... Okay. Oh, shit. I just... Uh, yeah. They just shut the no, bed. No, I... Uh, oh, my God. I guess going back to my original thoughts on it... It's I pretty feel, funny. I feel like this is this is just a temporary... And it very well might be. Like I, I, I just feel like there's been a lot of that on Twitter where people were like, don't believe it. No, but I'm not believing it. No, and I'm not saying you're saying that. Yeah. But um, that reminds me of that kind of shit that's going And I'm just like, people are not suckers because we read articles, we process them, and then we react to them. Like, I get that you'd have to be naive to then be shocked if in two weeks, you know, whatever, we find out that... He's bad! Yeah, you know, it's, I mean, that's a different story. But, like, these articles... And I saw another person basically try to sum it up by saying, once again, Twitter's jumping the gun. I'm like, Twitter is not jumping the gun I'm like there are people who are publishing articles that are in no way stating that it is rumors you know they're just uh, possibility the information they are stating outright that negotiations have ended you know what i mean whatever so the idea that because people reacted to what they're being told is somehow have negotiations ended? i'm saying that's what the that some articles explicitly state now credible or not i don't know most of the news agencies that broke this did not in any way say condition that maybe yeah. like it was all this is ended this is done mm-hmm. spider-man has left literally you know whatever so uh you know what's an interesting question though is that if you <laughs> if you're tom holland do you just like do you just quit completely like what if Sony? I mean, he, he 
doesn't really have any choice, I don't think. But how does... But that's my question. Like, I'm just curious about the business logistics of that. Like, how long does he wait it out until he just starts like taking on different roles? Well, I was going to say just even like legal wise. Like, well, my, if my, you don't have the character, then you even is the contract then so void. So here, here's the weird part of it. Yeah, and I do not know the legality of this, but I have a suspicion that. Even though Disney doesn't own the Spider-Man character, they own the rights to this version of the character in some true. way. That, that's probably true. Which um, makes Tom Holland fucked. Yeah. And then if you're Disney, let's say they have to live with this, right? For now, I mean. Like, let's just say it's a thing. Uh, do you try to get Tom Holland to do something else? Like, he is, in a lot of ways right now, the face of the MCU. Uh, um... I mean, there's a lot of memes out there of him playing other Spider-Man-like characters and some sort of weird workaround. You know um, what's interesting about this? There's actually, um, now that you say that, mm-hmm. Alex, um, there's a funny little arc in Spider-Man where, for some reason, he had to basically hold off on his Spider-Man identity. And basically, he was trying on all these different alternative, like, spider personas. Um, I have it in my, like, uh, yeah. Spider-Man encyclopedia book. Cause, like, I remember reading that as a kid. And I was like, I think that was so weird. And I would be like, you know what? Disney would pull that kind of shit. They would. They would. They could uh, literally just have him become Iron Man. They, I mean, there there is a, a scenario where. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it would just be so funny if Disney wanted so badly to keep Tom Holland in the picture without, quote-unquote, disrupting their continuity to the point where, like, they start going full Gotham on Fox with this. <laughs> and, like, instead of uh, having a Joker, because apparently WB is not okay with the name Joker, oh, yeah. but you can have a guy named Jerome and paint his face white, but you can't paint the hair green and no like this is literally like the ridiculous yeah. over under stipulation that yeah, the penguin they... is known as oswald right? yes. yeah. yeah no one's allowed to call him that and whatnot yeah. and of course uh bruce wayne does not no one gets to say the word batman even in the finale when he gets to become <laughs> the caped crusader yeah. oh, God. um but like that I just wonder if like Disney's even romanticizing the idea of doing that to be like, oh, it's Tarantula Boy. <laughs> it's, what is it, Monkey Monkey Spider Night Monkey Night Monkey? Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say. Well, name, name that's, the, Night that's, the, that's the new meme that I saw earlier today. Yeah, this one I saw as well. Yeah. Um, I guess it's probably not. That seems no. actually pretty beneath them. It does. But it would make me laugh. <laughs> yeah, that seems like something DC would do. Oh, and they have. <laughs> so, they did it for five seasons, <laughs> only on Fox, yeah. where Shane West played a very weird version of Bane. <laughs> God, I love that show. Was it more weird than the version in the uh, George Clooney, Batman, and Robin? Absolutely. Because oh, at boy. least that one looked like it's like... Oh, boy. At least that ended after like an hour and a half. Out of a <laughs> comic book now, yeah. Oh, boy. So, uh, we'll have more to come down the road on uh, the Spider-Man MCU merger that is now non-existent. No more home. Well, he really is far from home now. Yes, no. I don't know. I kind of feel like 
they have an opportunity here for some sort of fun with the Spider-Man uh, Homeward Bound. But now, I was going to say with the uh, uh, home video release of uh, Spider-Man Home Video Far release. From Home. Okay. Anyways, you're you're missing the mark here. I think a little bit on what I was trying to say. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know. I feel like you oh yeah, because you're saying as far as how oh yeah, it hasn't yeah, come out yeah, yet. Yeah, so that's true. They could have some sort of fun marketing campaign it's with it. So but. funny because people are talking about this, and like I feel like collectively we've all been men in black because like there was a time in which there was the Paramount logo in front of Thor. Like I know obviously that. Disney in the first Avengers, yeah, yeah. Like I know that like Disney, like seven years, yeah. Like I know that they own it all now, but we're acting like this has to be the way it is, you know, for the rest of our days until we die, because Disney isn't dying; he's uh, chirogenically frozen. Uh, And I don't know. It's just like I just. It's one of those things where I'm just like, we, we're not that far removed from a world where they didn't own all this shit. So how can I don't know? Yeah, it's um, you know, it's it's just it's just fine. Like it, I, it's to to me, in all honesty, because I don't have really deep feelings for Spider-Man. It's all just kind of noise. At this no, point. I mean, and I'm with you there. I guess yeah. it's less about the character and more just for me, at least, about like the actions. Yeah, and just kind of like good. Let's see it happen again. Now, is there any is is there any scenario where this is going this route because of what happened with the Hulk? Because Hulk is still dual owned, isn't he? Because they don't. That's have... why they won't like do a. F- yeah. Yeah. No, it may be. And is 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 that character not coming back now too? Like it. It just seems maybe they're going to be like they they go on their own adventures. The Hulk and Spidey. Didn't the Hulk go with the Guardians of the Galaxy at the end? No, that was a uh, that was just Thor. Thor. Yeah, because right, they're going right. to be as Guardians of the that, Galaxy. That's right. And then um, until they're not, and then because Thor needs Hulk, to go back for his Hulk stayed on movie. on on Earth. <laughs> And now he's smart Hulk or whatever, and he yeah. just yeah know, he was uh, he can pot around to wherever the fuck he wants. You know, it's like he can be hitchhiking, like in the uh, the Incredible Hulk. He does Taco uh, Tuesdays now. Yeah, television that show, adorable scene, like Lou Ferrigno. It really was just putting his phone out and hoping I was at picks him up. Best Buy the other day, and that was the closest I've ever been to buying a Marvel movie was actually picking up Endgame because I very much enjoyed that movie. You bought it. I didn't. Oh, okay. So that was the closest I was tempted to. You don't own any of them? I do, but one I got, I own Guardians. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just don't even count those. Not because they're not Marvel movies, they definitely are. But, but you just didn't buy them yourself. Yeah. Um, but the other one I didn't buy myself was Civil War. Uh-huh. Okay. But that's all I got. Hmm. But yeah. But Endgame I would watch again. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to probably acquire that when it's not $30. The problem is they never go on sale. No, I the other day was tempted, well, not tempted, but I was thinking about buying one of them. I can't remember what, but you know, there's twenty of them, and I was like, "Why the hell is this twenty four ninety nine? This came out eight years ago, or whatever." I think it was maybe the first Captain America. I don't know, but now you know just, how I feel when I walk into a GameStop and I was like, "You know, maybe I'll give Call of Duty a try." Nope, I don't know how you feel. <laughs> that's how you feel. That's a uniquely Tucson experience. Nope, Call of Duty, all those shit goes down in price. Does it not? No. 
I feel like every time I ever go into, but that's because I even after a new version comes out. No, not even after a new because version. because it's Call of Duty or because because what? Activision doesn't give a fuck. Oh, because of, oh, like so one publisher, you mean? Yeah, I was saying because in general, like I remember one time I was like, I can buy this game that was super critically acclaimed for seven dollars. You're gonna because have, it came out only two years ago. You're gonna like, have to go back like a decade in terms of like releases because I bought not to sidetrack this or anything type of shit like that. I I went and bought Infinite Warfare, which is the one set in far deep space because I know, uh, that's the only one I played in the last like ten years. Exactly, it's like a colleague of mine wrote a really good article about it. Was, you know, maybe I'll give this a shot. It was still like forty nine ninety nine, and I'm just yeah, like, maybe that's... it's a Call of Duty thing. But in general, but it, it's like the most critically panned game yeah, in this series, and it's and it's been like three or four years since it came out. And I'm just like, how the fuck has it only gone down to price like ten dollars? That's pretty know. fucking nuts. That's weird. Yeah, that's. That's how I feel about that, and that's how you felt about Marvel films. It's not how I feel about that at all. Well, I'm sorry. I will not get in bed with that analogy. Uh, okay. Well. So we were uh, just recently, well, not just recently, we were just talking about <laughs> recently. Recently. A minute ago. In the news. Yeah. Talking about a character who is uh, moving on from making films. But we are also going to mention a film that is moving on without coming to the theater, which is The Hunt, which uh, the release was censored and canceled, basically, um, well, by Universal, uh, deciding that they will not release it. Yeah, this was self-imposed, shall we say, censorship. Yeah. Which is... If I recall correctly, in the wake of those two terrible um, mass shootings, that which two? Yeah, I mean, I'm just like I'm saying that the most recent, the most I know, but I'm just like that's what's so which will soon not be stupid about this whole thing. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's a stupid thing. Were they never? I mean, were the other mass shootings somehow? more acceptable so therefore we can watch Die Hard with a vengeance I, I mean, think it had more to do with the fact of the response <laughs> after those mass shootings and then uh, certain the certain response. politicians falling back on the violent media excuse again they went after be- video games beating that drum yeah at this point I'm, I'm less like angry and be like rah, 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 I don't give a fuck anymore I'm really just tired I'm just like this is as old as Marilyn Manson. I don't give a fuck anymore. I just yeah, but Marilyn care. Manson got to put out their music. This is like literally a step forward in. Well, we can't do this because people will get mad. Like it's not entirely true because well, Marilyn Manson was nearly like banned from like Walmart back when that was a thing before like digital distribution. Well, and shit in like fairness, that. To Walmart? in, in yeah. fairness, in the wake of September 11th. There was a shit ton of music that was censored off of the radio. Oh, yeah. Now, it was still available for purchase at the store back yeah. when people used to do those kind of things. Yeah, back when yeah. people used to do that. But in terms of it being released for consumption over the radio, there were a slew of songs that were removed from having airplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the second major censoring that I recall since the interview was the one that came to mind from five years ago um and that eventually got a release on netflix in some capacity uh which i kind of assume the hunt will follow some sort of similar path at some point i guess but like if you're universal and you don't want it released 
why would because the interview was slightly clear, different clear, because clear, theaters were not going to want to show it. They didn't want people yeah. to like go out in public because what North Korea was going to bomb us because we were going to watch this movie. Whereas Netflix was like, well, we'll just release it. We're not forcing anyone to watch it. Anyone can log on to Netflix. Who's you know? I mean, we're, whatever the bullshit. Logic you know what's was. funny when. Alex, when you said the interview, I totally forgot what the fuck that film was, and mm -hmm. then you, like, Nick, Nick you, 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 yeah. th you then, like, explained on it more. I was like, oh, shit, now I remember yeah. that movie. And, like, that was a thing that was going to be just a forgettable, and it still is, but hmm. uh, Seth Rogen, you know, James Franco comedy, whatever. But it will now always be at least notable when you think back on it because of that. Yeah. And I remember I watched it because it came out on Christmas Day. <laughs> um, uh, I remember that as well. I remember watching the first 10 minutes and thinking, this is stupid. I'm done. I remember watching it, like turning it on, thinking this is not very good, but I owe it to my country to finish this movie oh, because man. I will not let the terrorists win. Oh, so, okay. So... <laughs> I will start with this. Okay. Um, first of all, I'm probably about as angry as anyone that this film was not being released. Not necessarily even because I really wanted to see it, even though I was interested in seeing this film. That's just being self-centered for a bullshit reason. It's just... An incredibly it just bullshit reason. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Like, we day-to-day -day have just... Hours upon hours of nonsensical dribble just being broadcast over the internet and over the television. I was going to say, why is YouTube still a thing? <laughs> but genuinely, that I mean, is... You, you have a, you, it, there was at one point an NRA network where they had 24-hour-a-day programming dedicated to having people talk about their fucking guns. Mm -hmm. And whatever. Um, but... It all gets roped in the same thing of this idea that people should be allowed to express themselves in whatever that is. Yeah, Scientology and, now has its own channel. Can you imagine if, like, in the 80s, if when Dan Quayle makes a joke about Murphy, Murphy Brown, if then the producers of Murphy Brown are like, guys, I think our show is a little too intense for the airwaves right now. Uh, Candace Bergen, I'm sorry, but we're going to pull the plug. No, like, I, it's just <laughs> like, it just makes no fucking sense that because politicians will always point to pop culture, all they ever do is co-op pop culture. Think of how many times a fucking asshole has chosen a song for their uh, candidacy tour or whatever. Think and about Ronald Reagan. The entire, yeah. like his entire like, tenure as, as well, I'm going to explain right now. It's like because okay. during his entire tenure as the president, like he basically co-opted like American pop culture as a way of like soft diplomacy to be able to trump up his own sort of like different initiatives and shit. Like he what was the show that Michael J. Fox was on? Family Ties. Uh, Family Ties. He almost appeared on an episode of fucking Family Ties. Yeah. Like, that was his favorite show because it was all about sort of uh, evangelizing the same sort of, like, platform of ideas of a Fox nuclear family that he was part of. Michael was a good conservative Republican. Yeah, I was going to say, that, that was like an opposite of, well, not the opposite, but a slightly inverse version of All in the Family in that it was the young son who was right, a who was conservative the, right. and spouting, whereas it was, he was grow, grew up in a family of hippie liberals and whatnot. Yeah. 
Um, that was basically taking the piss out of hippie liberals and shit like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. For for this particular film, though, I mean, if you if you throw away one of them, what's that really? What is that doing? Yeah, and here's the other thing: every article I've read about this movie, and specifically about this movie and the development of it being shelved, uh, has stated the plot summary differently, depending on the author, I guess. Some articles say it's about a bunch of Trump lovers who get together and hunt for sport and hunt liberals. Other articles are saying it's being shelved because it's about a bunch of liberals who are very rich who want to hunt Trump supporters. So I don't – like people haven't seen this movie and yet it is a they haven't even seen the litmus, trailer, apparently. litmus test for – no, I think they have, but like they genuinely didn't – you know, because trailers are trailers, and I'm not saying yeah. it's not in the trailer, but it can flash by you, and it can very much be a, a, a Rorschach test for what you already think about a most dangerous game-type situation. Like, if you think that is an inherently capitalistic thing, or if you think it is more of an exploitative thing, you know, and whatnot. And um, But I just think it's that's, that's the whole problem right there, is that everybody's talking about something that they've never even seen, and yet releasing the movie would actually do more good than damage because then people are either going to not see it and forget about it or see it and be like, wow, so, it's a good thing we made a controversy over nothing. You know what? I think the other thing about it is this whole thing is just is just totally meaningless to me personally. It's universal. What are they doing? Well, you know what's interesting? They released all the fucking Purge movies. Uh, they did. And <laughs> they released them on July 4th. <laughs> like, and, and seriously. They, and they have another one planned. No, you know what's interesting, Wait, though? Universal <laughs> is the same company, and I don't know how I feel about this. Um, actually, I do know how I feel about this, <laughs> but this is slightly more sensitive because it's about one person rather than a collective, you know, nation, whatever. Mm-hmm. But happy death day to you, Universal. Mm-hmm. That was supposed to be released on Valentine's Day, and they moved it a day before because a father of a child who was killed in a school shooting that took place on Valentine's Day said, I don't want there to be a movie called Happy Death Day to You on the day my daughter died in a school shooting when this movie is about a student going around possibly killing off. Okay, So how... <laughs> That is a fucked up situation that I cannot begin to ever articulate any empathy or sympathy uh, for because I would just be at a loss and I, I can never know what, obviously, anybody mm-hmm. in that situation feels. But. But that is a movie that has nothing to do with your <laughs> pain and tragedy and yet universal actually heeded to those calls and that just happened earlier this year so i feel like is is this is this a weird company mandate that is now like slowly gaining traction is there some weird and especially because these two issues are related it is gun violence uh that links the two that's still bullshit it is because because first it was one person but at first it was one person that was able to do it so of course when the hunt comes around uh I guess because collective people. Now, when the hunt got canceled, I didn't hear about any sort of backlash or even political name-dropping of the movie 
until after it was canceled, and then people dug up clips. So it was could not have been that prevalent. I'm not saying I'm on Twitter and social media and news like 24-7. When was this even slated to be released? Like, not, not long from now. Yeah, September. October? Uh, September yeah, yeah. Like, pretty much within a couple of weeks or so. Uh-huh. Um, and it's funny because they said that – Universal has said that – they were already, before they decided to cancel, but they were already dialing back marketing, okay? So it's like, you you made the choice to try not, so are you, were you trying to sneak it into theaters? The other thing about this that's so fucking ridiculous is we've had just obscene mass shootings slash gun violence in this country for oh, right. decades yeah. at this point. Yeah. And and that movie was going to come out. And if, it, if the El Paso shooting hadn't happened, it probably would have just came and went to the theater. And I agree. And <laughs> and here's the other thing, too, is that this the, the, the medium of film is something that, while communal as far as going to a theater and whatnot, mm-hmm. is so tied to a calendar that is totally divorced from current events. I mean, that's just what it is. Yeah. When it happens, when something tragic happens... And television postpones an episode. I get that. Television is something you especially now nowadays. I don't know that it would happen because we're living in the day of streaming, DVR, and all that, whatever. But uh, Buffy was going to have a school shooting episode, and then Columbine happened like two, three days before. I get that they took that episode off. They aired it months later, mm. but I just you know whatever. Uh, Hannibal. It- after a school shooting, uh, decided to postpone some of their very graphic uh, episodes. And that was kind of weird because that was just because they depict violence and not even because it was like a – I think because maybe some were children. But still, it has no real resemblance to anything that was actually happening, whatever. Not to step out of um, – not to step too far out of this, this um, line of thought, okay. but it's – also happened uh, earlier this year is like at least in the case of like anime where like on july 18th there was like that huge fire that destroyed koyani which killed like 34 people it was an arson attack it was like a major mass killing and then they delayed an episode of a show that dealt with firefighters and then even changed the color of like the flames and shit like that like it's it's not it's it's not unheard of. What I mean to say is like it's not unheard of for this to happen in the realm of television. But I do agree with you that like when it comes to the timeline of how films are released, it is not reactive and should not be permutable to like current events in that sort of way. Is like this this happens like months ahead of time, so years ahead yeah, of time. Yeah. I mean, movies we with Marvel, and I know it doesn't always come out to be like you know to the date, but. We know what movies are coming out pretty much within the next two to three years from I mean, any film, major studio company. Most right? films are in in some sort of production state for four to five years. Right. So the idea yeah. that is somehow insensitive because it was planned three years ago. What's more insensitive is that this can even fucking happen in the first place. I, you know, and more offensive. So uh, certainly I'm enraged that this is even a thing because Mm -hmm. what's going to happen is that myself included we're going to spend more time talking about freedom of speech and why we should be able to watch this movie which may be awful but i had a feeling it was going to be great because i love craig zobel first film and uh which was compliance and his episodes of the leftovers that he directed 
uh, coupled that with the premise and Betty yeah, Gilpin, I, I was just I, ready to have a good time. I mean, in, in this particular film, it, it could have been anything, to be totally honest with you. It didn't yeah. have to be this – I mean – uh, I went to go see Ready or Not the other day, and I don't understand how that... It's bullshit. That's exactly. the same... Exactly, yeah. The same that's thing, a right. children's game. What? That's not... Um, I mean, it's... that, But that, that's the only thing, is that it's not like canceling this movie cancels gun violence. In fact, it's no, probably the opposite. And that's what I tweeted. I said, it's fucked up that we can cancel a movie before we can cancel assault rifles. Yeah. Like, if it's that easy... To get a, mo- a movie studio, some of the most like powerful companies in the world, mm-hmm. to basically take a loss <laughs> and be like, "Ooh, we're not going to release this." If it's, if that is that easy, then how have we not made any fucking change in the world of gun reform and sales like that? It's I'm just having a hard time trying to thread this needle because. You can try to get away. You can try to do away with um, forms of violent media, but then at the same time, you want to have this culture that sort of venerates guns and the capacity of guns to be able to deal out damage. And like, I'm trying to find find out where exactly is this 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 fault line that there is a there is permissible gun culture and then there is unpermissible gun culture it was like because it all just sort of like feeds into itself yeah, no. in, in some way or another and it's like and and really it's less about the the depiction more of like the actual access to to the actual physical means of 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 harm like i've never i've never walked out of a i've never walked out of a diehard film i've never walked out of a of a film that had like a profuse amount of like gun violence and felt I needed to clutch my pearls because I had a wicked case of the vapors or some shit like that. Um, I know that a bullet could kill me that could tear my flesh apart. I'd have never felt that from a film. And I'm just kind of, um, I'm aghast and really, I really just don't understand what the fuck goes through people's minds. And and I think it's really, it has, it has everything to do because I feel like, Blaming violent media is an argument of bad faith that allows people to continue to come back to this, 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 this whipping boy that can just come back to all the time and delay themselves from actually doing anything meaningful. The other thing here for me is that for Universal, this puts them in a really awkward position going forward because now seems like they're into it. I, okay, um, are they just going to cancel anything else that has any sort of gun violence? No, just so long as it's not yeah. released. No, like just, I just said, so lo- just so long as it's, it's, it's not released up. within like proximity to another mass shooting. Mm. Um, that I mean, like I said, the Happy Death Day to you that wasn't in proximity to a shooting. That was in proximity to a person's feelings because of the date, which. I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure. Nick, I'm, what I'm trying to say is none of this shit makes any fucking sense, and that it is entirely okay. based off of just. But we're still talking about it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. It doesn't make any any fucking sense, and there is no way of trying to read the tea leaves as to, uh, to 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 find a, a pattern or a reason that's actually going to emerge out of this because it is entirely like propelled by cowardice and an inability to actually like face the real, real root of a problem and instead just 
push things aside. It's like it, 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 it wouldn't. You're right. It wouldn't even be a fucking footnote of a story had it just like released on its own. But because we have to to. It's it's just I, well. Here's the other thing, though. Too, uh, you said the word earlier, Toussaint, of blaming media violence. But here's the thing: how can you blame media violence if you are not even letting it be released? You cannot put the blame on something. So when this movie doesn't come out, like it hasn't, whatever, and there's going to be a mass shooting tomorrow, did what happened? I thought we solved it. Like, is what other movie should we cancel? I, you know, it. Uh, but as I was going to say, too, though, about the whole happy death day to you thing, mm-hmm. like as much as I understand how someone could be upset over the date, you know, whatever. Unfortunately, I'm pretty sure in <laughs> the calendar there is a mass shooting to every day of this 365 Sure. Day year. I mean, I just yeah. Think that I mean, that's, at this that's, point, that's... numbers wise, I don't see how it's not possible. Right. So, yeah. are, are we to live in a world in which we can no longer empower ourselves by having reactions to art? Uh, like, are we only allowed to now be outraged by tragedy? Uh, you know, it, are we? That's well, a fucking dystopian know, universe. The other thing yeah. is about, you look at the context of, of, of this, and I feel like, actually, you know, if you... Uh, I'm, I guess I'm just, just thinking about this now, thinking about the mentality of it. You know, you think about if someone goes and sees a movie like The Hunt and says... And, and the narrative that's being put out there is that, oh, if they go see this movie they'll be more likely to have these ideas that, but what about if you go see some movie that you would say is patriotic or something like that, like American sniper mm. where you're using guns for a good thing. Yeah. All if, the way up to if that epilogue. If, if that's how you want to look at it, I mean, quote, quote, good thing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. though. Like it's yeah. all in the eye of the beholder anyways. Right. Yeah. But at the end of the day, did, Clint Eastwood should have been able to make the American Sniper film because that's what he wanted to show and right, that's what the right. studio wanted to do and they should have been able to release The Hunt because... Real America loves American Sniper. I'm pretty sure there's still some theaters now that are still showing American Sniper. If it stops... If it, the goal is to stop gun violence and you're saying, well, that move is showing a patriot in that film, he's still fucking killing people in that and yeah. you're still showing even if the film tries to paint him as this great figure showing that he's now a horrible person because he fucking kills people for a living. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's uh it's it's all fucked up and it's all personal opinion and personal preference. But at the at the end of the day like this is a studio deciding to release a film. Like why it's not like it's just three hours of like literally just manipulative. I don't even think it's three hours. It's like maybe oh, two hours. Sorry. Right. However long it is of just manipulative nonsense of backward playing tapes that's going to brainwash somebody into wanting to go and kill Sharon Tate. Remember when, like, remember when people could still believe that you could play a like a song backwards and it would induce some type of like subliminal message that would make you go out and kill people. Remember when John Lennon was shot and people still listen to the Beatles? It's like, that's so quaint. It's so, it's so fucking weird. There's an Ozzy Osbourne. Mark David Chapman win. 
Yeah. There's an Ozzy Osbourne record that literally you could play backwards and it says... I was going to say, get, that is a literal Get thing. Get the gun, shoot. <laughs> uh. Now, there were conspiracies as to <laughs> people hearing what they wanted to hear at certain records, but some... Yeah, that, yeah. that is a real thing, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. was, I think that was something that was ingrained in those records after the fact of then hearing those sort of, like, stories. Mm, uh, I think it was from, from simultaneous, what? and it was... People thinking that because it's possible, it's possible in whatever record. For, they from did from what I recall, uh, the the specific example I just gave was totally done as a joke. Yeah, I mean that's mostly, <laughs> you know, it's like the uh, production company uh, for uh, "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia." Those three guys at the end of every episode. There's the picture of the three guys uh, in hoodies, and then there's a random sound clip mm-hmm. and if you play it backwards they're saying something each and every time okay it's very twin peaks and yeah but um and what we we're just talking about is somewhat similar to the plot line of under the silver lake where which also got shelved yeah <laughs> but that was for different reasons i know um yeah, yeah. i'd watch that again even though i thought it wasn't very good yeah i'll watch <laughs> it again yeah Anyways, so uh, the last story we have to talk about before getting on to talking about Jupiter ascending. A little bit more upbeat. Uh, maybe. Uh, but it does. it is more relevant uh, to Jupiter ascending. And this news actually just came out uh, the other day. And that is that uh, there is a plan, as of right now, for there to be a fourth Matrix film that will have Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss returning to uh, play the same characters oh. they played in the original Matrix trilogy. And this will be written and directed by... Lena. Lena yeah. Wachowski, not Lily. Yeah. She will not be part of the production as of, of right this film. Yeah, as of right now. Um, however, this definitely did get a lot of attention uh, through the media cycle here the other day. And... Um, it has people interested, and some people like myself, not as interested. But it's definitely something that fits right in with our current film landscape mm. of just going back to the well. But, uh, Toussaint, I know you are definitely one of the people who is excited yeah. for this idea of this resurgence yeah. of the Matrix uh, series. brand series, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the one thing I will say is that I am interested in this solely because I feel like it would be nice to have a story that is fresh, that could use new technology, hopefully doing it well and mixing physical effects with computer generated effects. And mostly too, because the last movie kind of sucked in my opinion. I, um, I mean, we have already done an episode on the Matrix trilogy, so I don't think I have to restate the fact that I'm a big fan of the Matrix. And I do think that there is still more potential in this series to sort of extract from that. I think that it is really intriguing to see that Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss will be returning along with uh, reportedly a lot of other returning stars maybe in Lawrence Fishburne uh maybe even Agent Smith who knows um I'm mostly excited for this for the fact that um 
a lot of people from behind the scenes are going to be a part of it. Jeff Darrow, who was a very prominent cartoonist, um, who was influential, like like very instrumental in uh, sort of the visual development of the Matrix world, uh, is going to be coming back and like contributing new sort of concepts to it. So that that's got me excited because I've always enjoyed like sort of the the visual visuals and like icons of of the Matrix. Um, it's going to be. My thoughts on this are charitable, but ultimately I think that there's no way that this new Matrix film can be to this media landscape now what the original Matrix trilogy was for its time. I don't think that's even possible. I don't think that lightning can strike twice in that sort of regard. I am interested nonetheless to like see what this might look like. Um, I know there were rumors about this like way way ahead like where even they had uh what's his name uh from black panther uh what's his name he plays not t'challa he plays uh martin freeman not martin freeman no 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 oh the guy from 12 12 years a slave no he's not in that not he's dr strange no Oops. no that's not what i'm saying uh Racism. anyway yeah but there's the yeah. the one <laughs> guy Shut the fuck up. Anyway, what? there's the guy who um, basically played the villain in Black Panther, who is also slated to be uh, Michael like B. The, Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. That's what I meant. Sorry. Um, but <laughs> what's 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 also kind of concerning about this is that we looked it up before the recording of this episode. Um, Lana and Lily's like production company, which was based out of Chicago, actually closed down over like a year ago citing that they had no other like projects Money. in development at that time and they started that like a couple of years ago and and what's even more interesting is like when I was looking up uh, about Lily um and her lack of um like involvement in this is like she wasn't involved in the second season of uh Sense 8 even though they co-created that together is like I think she like decided to step away from that for time so it's been a while since she has been involved in any principal project so I think maybe she's just sort of retreating from public life and like doing her own personal stuff and that's fine are um, we sh- completely sure that their production company in Chicago closed down due to finances or I'm not sure if it's finance or not. I just or, know that it closed down. Well, I was going to say, or was it a victim in the battle of roller skates versus spaceships uh, that happened one fateful dawn? <laughs> and it wasn't. Nick and it wasn't right. rebuilt by the uh, Abraxis family Nick after the right. fact. Um, Nick is referencing a film we'll be talking about here in a few minutes. Thank, thank you, that Nick. May, That's a, actually a really, really or, good potential. May or may not. <laughs> yeah. Be good. Yeah. No. May. <laughs> yeah, that's uh. Yeah, I'm, I mean, it's it's. I I'm I'm waiting for more information to sort of come out, but I am, uh, I'm optimistic. I want to be excited for this, even though I know that something, uh, that I intrinsically valued about the original mixed trilogy is already gone. And will not be able to return, and that is the presence of Gloria Foster's rendition of the Oracle. And I feel like the Oracle is such a huge part of that trilogy. And to know that, that I don't know, I don't know. It's a uh, yeah. yeah, it's hard. See, I feel not as 
close to Gloria Foster as you do in the terms Oracle of... is like the Yoda. Is like the Yoda of... of, of... You can have Star Wars movie without Yodas. Yeah, but you can't... Yeah, the Star Wars yeah, but In fact, some them. people would prefer that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Hi, yeah. Nick. I, uh, I feel like it's going to be really tough to not have Agent Smith in this. I actually kind of agree with that in the sense that I would be okay with a Matrix movie without that. But because this is the world of codes and computer program, like there's almost no reason why uh, an icon, literally, uh, such as Agent Smith, does not appear in some capacity. I feel like, to, to me, he's just as synonymous with the Matrix as Keanu. Neo is. See, it's funny because I was... Before you said Neo, I was going to say Morpheus. Like, Neo is, like, third or fourth or <laughs> fifth of what I think about when I think about, like, what makes The Matrix as a trilogy of mm-hmm. films. Um, because I kind of think part of Neo's arc is that he's both obviously the one, but also completely insignificant yeah. in a sense. He's whatever. the audience surrogate. Yeah. but At least um, to it in, like, the first film. But, like, Morpheus and his sunglasses and... The red pill and the blue I'm just pill. Saying, like, the red pill and the blue pill is the most persistent, like, yeah. cultural. Anybody could be sitting in the other chair. It's basically what I'm saying. Right, right. Um, but uh, I'm with you in that Agent Smith is pretty much the face of what I think of when I think of the Matrix. Uh, there we go. But I will say I am excited by the possibilities. Now, all of these possibilities. Don't need Jack until... Could go down the toilet. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> we'll start to cease to exist with every new news article that comes mm-hmm. out. We'll yep. start to get a more of a sense of what this project is going to be with every passing casting uh, announcement, possible posters, teasers, you know, trailer. All that will then literally start narrowing down whatever this final product will be. But... At the moment, I'm almost the most excited I will ever be probably for this movie right now because it's exciting to think of what they could do with this movie. Sure. And while I may not probably love the final product, this is a franchise, I think, compared to most that deserves one chance to try and come back and enliven its... uh, I would say world because I think that there is a lot there in a way that like I don't think there was a lot there in the original Rocky franchise but we got two Creed and those are actually good movies so good on them but The Matrix is not an you know an itty bitty tale it's just wide encompassing I could see an entire like and, and they will never do it, and obviously, because we already know, but like I could see a whole new Matrix movie made by one of the Wachowskis without a Neo or any of them. Like, right. I think that would make much more sense. I agree. So that's why I am very trepidatious with mm-hmm. you, Alex, because it's just that little detail is making it sound like, okay, they're really going to try to do a quote-unquote sequel. Right? I want another Animatrix. <laughs> Here's here are two things for me that that are 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 matey. Yeah, I love it. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, there are two things that are making me not as excited as I wish I would be in this situation. Uh, they are that I feel like even if the Matrix Revolutions was not a very good film, it did have a pretty solid conclusion in terms of the definitive. Characters. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, and the other thing about it that, that has been, uh, I don't know about bugging me, but I feel like if we hadn't had the John Wick Keanu Reeves resurgence, this project would not be happening. No. Um, and I will say, too, even though that... Which makes me feel even more that it's a cash you mean the la- You mean the lake house isn't in Dune for you? <laughs> well, yeah. and not only that, but like even John Wick, the franchise, in its third film, seemed like an like a audition tape for him and Lawrence to be like winking at the camera and like, eh, eh. Um, you're thinking you're back. I'm <laughs> thinking I'm back. Um, but one thing well, I will Lawrence say, Fishburne is going to have to go through like a Carrie Fisher workout program. Cause he is not in shape. Oh, no, come not. on. You just put a duster over him. <laughs> he's fine. Um, <laughs> He'll, he's just old man Morpheus. Yeah, I mean, I old yeah. man Morpheus. Old man Morpheus. <laughs> old man Morpheus rolling out there like Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, now he's got sunglasses because he's blind. Who touched my morpheus? Also, still angry that Clark won't write sports columns. That's right. <laughs> That's actually my favorite part of that fucking film. Why? He's so great. I li- I just love it. I, I like, just don't I, buy him playing checked, a character named Perry White. Okay, I, I I'm checked, sorry. I checked, your, I checked your Dropbox. I checked your Dropbox. Like, yeah. I didn't see. It was like I wanted. I wanted copy. No fucking copy. Where the fuck is the copy? Well, also too. No, he did have a copy, and it just had a bunch of blank spaces on it. Yeah, still. there was nothing. It's like a Taylor Swift song. Yeah. Um, oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> what I was gonna say mm-hmm. is that the other thing that actually has me worried, which is weird, because it's like it's this is not a good enough reason to want it, but mm-hmm. I also think that the Matrix as a story mythology is, and I should say can possibly be so expansive that the idea that they're coming back for one film just sounds like what are they going to do in two hours? You know what I mean? Like, right. if they said we're going to do a trilogy... Now, I'm not saying that would I think be... they're testing the water, Which I get, but if it fails, then we're just going to be... At least those two and three truly do feel like they are a continuation and a, like you said, definitive conclusion to mm-hmm. the story they started. If they're testing the waters just to set up a sequel that may never happen, like, that's going to be the shitty... Hello, Revolution, you will no longer be the shitty Matrix, you know. This will just be Terminator Salvation. Yeah. Or Genesis. It'll just be... We can do more of these, right? What do you think is the title of this movie going to be? Who you think they're going to still move with the whole, like, R sort of theme? R. Matrix. What do we got? We got Reloaded and Revolution. Uh huh. Yeah. Maybe this one is the Matrix. Rebirth. Remix! Yeah. Rebirth is probably closer to what it's actually going to be. I think Remix is <laughs> Matrix Reboot? Um, <laughs> just, just. The Matrix. I'm trying anymore. Release. Matrix Resolution. Okay, we're just saying we're just the saying we're Matrix. Random access memory. Rain. Yeah. The Matrix Rally. The Matrix. Okay, now he's just breaking out a thesaurus. Now like we're looking just for looking for Roly Poly. Just going down the R's in yes. the thesaurus. Okay. Okay, Alex. The Matrix roller coaster. Yep. Ooh, I it. like that one. Kind of go on that. 
same thing with the Terminator series and the Jurassic Park series too. The uh, series, The Matrix, Dark Fate, Restitutions, <laughs> the Matrix Reparations. Reparations. I was just gonna say, ah, I love it. The Matrix Reparations. I mean, they do owe us. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, that was pretty good. Let's let's, let's, uh, let's move no, on. Like I was really quickly, like I was saying, this is a the original Matrix is a film that did a lot for computer generated imagery, uh, and unfortunately, that's been taken in a much different direction than it was in the late '90s when the first Matrix film was released. Uh, boy, I hope. This goes back to those roots a little bit and gets involved with physical effects as well. Maybe they'll find a role for Will Smith in this one. Maybe you're going to fucking love this, Tussaud. Maybe they'll have a Gloria Foster hologram. That would really hurt. (laughs) I'm not even lying. I'm not even lying. They're above it. That would really hurt. I, yeah, that's Matrix. Awful. Rest in peace. And it'll be the the body movements will be by the same Especially guy the, who did Grandma Parker. It, w- it would be even fight. weirder for the fact that they recast her character in the third film. So that doesn't matter anymore. Should would she be coming back? I'm that was a like, glitch in the system. I mean, that's not the reasoning behind the story. I mean, like they already had a sort of continuation of the original. If they have an oracle, of they the original re- recast like, her, Matrix trilogy yeah. that was well, the saying, Matrix like, online game that they were writing for, and then that got canceled because it sucked. So, boy, I'm so. starting. I'm starting to get worried now because I'm starting to think about de aging to have Ooh. them go back to the original timeline. How do you think they're going to age? I don't know, just how Robert I mean, De Niro is com- de-aging. Computer programs are not really supposed to age. Right. Yeah, I can totally see that. Neo's not a computer program. Well, you know what? They should watch Tron Legacy. We're going to have to de-age 58 pounds off of Lawrence Fishburne. So. Mm. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why I keep fat shaming him. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you know what? The Matrix really disappointed in you right now. The <laughs> The Matrix is really disappointing. We're, yeah, we're talking about it as it is sentient. We're yeah. talking about it as it's Genesis from Terminator Genesis. It's really yeah. disappointing you. Yeah. That movie's shit. Yeah. Yeah. I finally got Nick to watch it like a couple months ago. See, I can see <laughs> Really? This is the shit. first I've heard about it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> this is, see, that was a movie that is bad, and I'm calling it bad. Mm-hmm. So I'm capable. Well, that's a nice segue into the film we're talking about on this episode. Yes, because we're talking about a good movie. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So the film we're talking about is the most recent uh, by the Wachowskis, and that is 2015's Jupiter Ascending, uh, which starred Mila Kunis and Channing Tatum. So this film surrounds... Eddie Redmayne... Can I get through the rest of it first, and then you can bring just, up all the people I missed? Well, he's just kind of like the most important person in the movie. And Ooh, he's sidelined for a good hour and a half. He's the greatest performance. He's the antagonist. Ooh, he's one of them. Is he, though? He's the principal antagonist. Is he? Is yeah. He? yeah, he is. I just, feel like just because yes, he's yes. at the end? Maybe he's the hero. I don't no, know. He's not. We'll, we'll discuss. No, yes. Not. Anyways. This is not. 
Jupiter ascending surrounds Jeez. a young woman who discovers her destiny as an heiress of intergalactic nobility, and she must fight to protect the inhabitants of Earth from an ancient and destructive industry. Oh, God. Give me chills just hearing you read that. MSNBC. <laughs> ancient and destructive. <laughs> so, as I did mention, the film is directed by Lana and Lily Wachowski. And in addition to Channing Tatum and Mila Kunis, also stars Eddie Redmayne, Douglas Booth, and Tuppence... The Matrix Redmayne. <laughs> Tuppence Middleton as the Abrasics, Abrasics... Abraxas. Siblings? Yes. I will never not think that Tuppence Middleton is not the fucking princess in England, so... Mm. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the... The princess from Wreck-It Ralph. There's, there's also Gugu <laughs> uh, Mabothera. The Matrix Wreck-It Ralph. Oh my god, worlds are colliding. Because it's video games, but it's like the internet, but it's like the Matrix too. I almost want to devote the mental energy to sort of like work out how that something like that will work. Like fit. But I don't. There, there's nothing. I know that there's nothing at the end of that road for me. I watched, other than just like, why the fuck did I do this? I watched Wreck It Ralph breaks the internet, or Ralph breaks the internet. That's not as good as the first. It wasn't, but I watched it at my cousin's house because they have little babies now. Ralph breaks the Matrix, and I watched it on a very low volume, where I was also having a conversation with my cousin the whole time. That movie is a trip if you're not paying attention whatsoever. <laughs> Every time I'd look over and I'd be like, what? There's a musical number? What? Corporate synergy? What? And it it was just, oh, man, it got me. <laughs> Corporate synergy. It just it took me by surprise. I never would have thought that. God, why are we doing this? Uh, the anyway. Disney princesses. Yeah. So other uh, folks appearing in this film include Sean Beam. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Also here, we have some unusual people included, including uh, Juju Mabathara. Gugu Mabathara. <laughs> Gugu Mabathara. Juju. Gugu. It's literally two Those are G's. G's. Okay, that's fine. Not J's. Juju's? <laughs> Do you know how to... <laughs> how dare you? Wow. Gugu Mabathara. Okay, that's so much better. Put some respect <laughs> on her name. It's Damn. It's Gugu Mabathara. It's Gugu Mabathara. Your tone was anti-Semitic, and oh, your pronunciation okay. oh, see, was grammatically incorrect. Okay, see, that's not fair now. <laughs> there, now, in, in all fairness, it is with Jays, but there is an NFL player whose name is Juju. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, that's, okay. Again, Jays, <laughs> so. Jays, Jays but that's and probably oh, where man. I Jays and Gs, yeah. Also, too, not a major person here. But Vanessa Kirby also has an appearance in this film. Who? And I knew it was her. Wikipedia calls hmm? Vanessa Kirby's character Jupiter's friend. <laughs> she has a name in the film. She did. Well, it's the name, comma, Jupiter's uh, friend. Okay. And I didn't get the impression that she was Jupiter's friend. I got the impression that... She was that, Jupiter's employer. Yeah, like that was a person that... So yeah. whoever is writing the Wikipedia doesn't quite understand the class system. And I don't know if you were... <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh. I told you we were going to have fun tonight. <laughs> that was, that was and Tucson, I don't know if you were... Literally do not know who she is or if you were just... <laughs> she's asking me that. 
But she was just in the last Fast and Furious movie, and she was also in uh, the Mission Impossible movie last year. What? Was she the, she the was sister? She was the sister. No, Shaw's sister. Really? Yeah, the same age. Whoa! <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, yeah, so her, her career is on the way up oh. uh, from where it, it really was is. in 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to say, starting in The Crown after that, and mm-hmm. now she's blowing up. Yeah. Okay, so who wants to so, talk about this first? So, okay, so myself and Nick went to go see this in the theater four years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe this was payback at the time for me making Nick go to see Exodus Gods and Kings. That sounds about right. Yeah. Or the other way around, but mm, yeah. No, I, I think okay. I think you two, was... I never know. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, we don't need to talk about that uh, that film that I just referenced. <laughs> Uh, really ever, but uh, this film, Nick was very much wanting to see it, if anything, just to go see the visuals, Mm -hmm. because he was interested at the time in the 3D IMAX aspect of it, and um, yeah, so I I guess you should start us off? I would love to. Yeah, please. Thank you so much, and then when I'm done, we can just end the episode. Okay, (laughs) Jupiter Ascending, or I like to call it. Super Jupiter Ascending. Um, what can I say about Jupiter Ascending? One of my favorite things about Jupiter Ascending is that all vehicles in this universe are piloted the same way that I would play a first wave knockoff racing game uh, on the original Nintendo Wii. That's the first thing I just want to state about this movie. Um, seriously, have you seen the way Tatum just fucking palms those I, don't, I guess knobs or something it's, it's beautiful james cameron wish he had that modular design. every time i see somebody driving a vehicle in this film i cannot think of anything other than pacific rim uh yeah i can see that that's not good well i mean yeah because like in comparison this is better <laughs> so uh all jokes aside uh <laughs> I actually do like this movie. I mean, I make it a joke that this is uh, to be some kind of, you know, masterpiece, whatever. That's ha ha ha. But in actuality, I don't understand the derision aimed at this film as some kind of uh, inept space opera. Like, I don't think that this is in any way less, or I should say more cheesy or silly or hard to take seriously as something like a Star War, a bad Star Wars film. I'm sorry, but like I'm not saying it's as fleshed out because we were only given one film and I don't need another film. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that either. Yeah. But yeah. this is unbridled creativity that got to be made with a fucking huge budget. And at the end of the day, I would rather see this 50 times over than see another goddamn franchise movie that I don't need another one of. Mm. Uh, like The Matrix? I, I mean, yeah, that's, I, I'm okay with just keeping it at those three <laughs> and keeping <laughs> Jupiter. Um, but I, I got to say, uh, I mean, all the faults in this movie are so beside the point for me when I watch it. So, like, yeah, the script is shit. Like, I don't care that Jupiter is not a nuanced character. This is a movie where Sean Bean elegantly, I might add, state that bees don't lie and if you're not like on the verge of tears 
when you hear something like that and you and you realize that you, you maybe I shouldn't have gone first I don't know oh man I fucking love this movie um <laughs> It's just so silly and it's so fun. And it's not so bad it's good. It's just what other movie is going to give you what this movie gives you? Can I'm I, sorry. Can I, can, I, can, I, can I just say, this is, and oh I, I know God. you do legitimately like this movie. Like, yes. But I, I will say, I feel like. You're laying on a little thick. Well, I was just going to say, I feel like you were a kid in a fifth grade yeah. book report class Absolutely. that was given. Randomly, a film that you had to sell to the rest of the class. Yeah, because this 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 doesn't feel genuine. Oh well, you can say that, but uh, I it is. I mean, I don't know. I genuinely think that the visuals are stunning at places. Yeah, they are. Why? Why aren't they? Yeah. I don't see how that's a. It's a sub- fucking subjective take <laughs> on CGI. Like, yeah. What? No, I'm, okay. I'm, 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 less, I'm, I'm, grim- is, is I'm grimacing because the quality I, of the visuals or I didn't like say Jupiter is one of the most, uh, like visually inventive, like science fiction films that you've come no, across. I was talking about the character. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, I mean, I, I'm not saying I think, I this... think the graphics here are not good, but okay. that's my opinion. Yeah. You can is. enjoy them. So. I just do and good I will and i'll keep sitting here grimacing but you can you enjoy can, but well you said it wasn't genuine so but i take your grimace to oh be no more I, of I, like I, I meant your introduction you're calling bullshit or something no, I, okay. I, I meant some of the some of the um positivity that was coming from your yeah brimming from your uh Little little it's introduction. It's a fucking there. fun movie, man. Yeah. The aliens from Mac and Me show up and perform this weird <laughs> semi-abortion, uh, <laughs> and then get chased out by a guy wearing gravity boots. Like, I don't understand why this doesn't do it for you guys. Like, just... what else in life fucked you up so badly <laughs> that you can't get joy from this passion fruit? I don't. Okay. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> there has never been anything oh, in the last 10 God. years as weird as this on this kind of a budget. Name one other thing that got to play in a sandbox this big and fucking have this white mousy motherfucker walk around with a dog's erection at the nose. <laughs> like, you... Can't make this up. This is genuinely amazing. You try to describe it to somebody else, and you sound like an idiot, sure. But you know what? You always know in your heart that you're always going to be better than that person because they're going to look down on you. I really, I really do wish I could have been in the room with the studio who gave yeah, I know, right? million dollars and was shown this and probably yeah. went, how the fuck do we get our money back? And in the end, he got swings. Um, No, but I genuinely do think that 90% of the cast is in on the joke and are... Eddie Redmayne wasn't. No, and that's why his performance is amazing, though. Like, I wouldn't want him in on the joke because he's not a good actor. Um, But, like, you can't tell me that Channing Tatum mimicking running in space with his gravity boots that in his head he wasn't just like oh fuck it I'm just going for broke like yep uh, I don't know he Richard Simmons the shit out of that scene like 
I don't know, man. I just, I love this movie. I don't love it in the sense that, like, I mean that in the same way when I say I love and then put another movie (laughs) in that blank. I just love what this movie is because it was allowed to be it. And I will say one thing genuinely about, uh, I would say, a virtue of it before I hand it off and you guys can bash it all you want. But... This movie is closely related, I want to say, timeline-wise, to when the Wachowskis came out uh, as transgender. Yeah. And... I believe, actually, and I uh, saw this before? in the course, It was before... Um, really? Yeah, I can't remember which okay. one. One was, and yeah. the other one... Yeah. Yep. But this was, I believe, the kind of... Not end of an era, but the start of a new frontier for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, obviously, career-wise, maybe that didn't, whatever. But um, I, I, that title card, I think, says it all. is the Wachowskis and whatnot. But I just think that as an inverse of what made them famous, uh, I feel like Jupiter Ascending is such an interesting text. Because I know, Toussaint, you called it a... 14 year old girl's idea of fan fiction no it's like a it's it, it well, and basically the story talking. itself just it feels like uh, a 14 year old girl's like self-insert fan fiction yeah. and i don't think that that's actually a bad thing or even not intentional because i personally think that they became famous with this ridiculous male fantasy movie in which a white guy was told that he was special Mm -hmm. and that all of his deepest conspiracies were true and that he could flip the switch on it. And now they're no longer, I think, interested in that story. And I do think that's partly why I may be a little excited for the new Matrix. I do not think it will be in the same same, at all. But here we have a movie in which it is unabashedly, I think, feminine in its quirkiness and it it comes down to a character who is basically living out a Cinderella story and instead of the end game being finally marrying a rich dude is basically saying I don't want to actually partake in this fucking class and social stratosphere that is like would completely benefit me because that's the only thing and the only character trait she has as far as what she dreams about Mm -hmm. uh and just going back to earth to be a miserable human but one that who happens to be in love with a dog that she's gonna fuck like like it's bizarre but i think there's actually something weirdly sentimental and kind of nice about where this movie landed in their career trajectory and i think that when I hear people deride it, it's like it's understandable because obviously a lot of things here are bizarre and whatnot. The writing is subpar, whatever. But I feel like some people are reacting to the fact that they made a movie that was just unabashedly something they wanted to make. And it's, I feel like sometimes the way people talk about this is like, how could they make The Matrix and this? It's like, how could they have made the Matrix? In my opinion, it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. It's like, I this is, I think, the kind of thing they've always wanted to make. Mm-hmm. And while I'm not saying the Matrix is somehow a lesser work or anything, it's not. It's a better movie. It's a better mm-hmm. franchise, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the what made the Matrix probably great is that they worked under the confines of yeah. both the studio, societal <laughs> expectations of them, whatever. Probably similar to the first Tim Burton Batman film. Yeah. The, yeah. 
And so, but here, uh, I think they probably made the movie that they wish they had as little girls, and they mm. and it's here. And I just think it's fun. I think it's funny. I th- I genuinely do think at times it looks good. I mean, uh, look look at their career trajectory after the Matrix. I mean, you have Speed Racer, which uh, is great. Cloud which, Atlas. Speed Racer it, has been vindicated by history. Yeah, it's it really movie. it really has. Cloud Atlas, which I've still only seen the one time where we did an episode on it. But I actually thought it was quite good, even though it's definitely a little all over the place. Um, yeah. uh, you know, I will say this, and if I can yeah, go into my initial thoughts, yeah. uh, even though I don't care for this movie and I bash this movie because it is genuinely just comically ridiculous, uh, I do for sure appreciate the effort. And I think because this is a film that is no doubt original. And also goes in for a lot of interesting sci-fi tropes and tries to have a somewhat different take on them. Uh, But at the same time, uh, this is just a collection of shit that is just thrown at the screen. And some of it feels okay, and some of it seems like, holy shit, like... You have a flying alligator named Mr. Greekin who goes around who's uh, a villain. So cute. <laughs> I mean. And look at the way he's dispatched. Oh. I, you've got that. You've got all of the. Because th- you know why? Because the Wachowskis, they don't see a glass ceiling. They see a glass floor. And you better not get fucking stuck in it, motherfuckers. Um, the, the opening. First of all, the opening. One of the opening scenes, uh, the only time we see the three Abrasics, ab- whatever the fuck their the name same, is, like... siblings together, is so bizarre. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, basically, Eddie Redmayne just sort of shows up <laughs> out of thin air. <laughs> um, I think it's called holographic technology. Alex, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, I mean, Eddie... That was just after they had harvested a planet, right? Believe uh, maybe seems yeah. That I way. mean, it's all it's all empty, and it's yeah. implied that the whole point of the Abraxas's um, like intergalactic empire. like empire, like their economic empire, is that basically they harvest overpopulated planets in order to create like this blue goo that can then be used to Sean Beam gets fuel, caught fuel, up in these movies. Fuel, uh, <laughs> cell regeneration. Like I, I, I say that I really didn't understand. Anything about this fucking film? Sounds but I, like I turns out I did. Like I just reflect on it, and I'm just like, I understand it. I just, I don't know how to feel about it. Is is what I'm saying? The it's weird like, thing just... about their whole industry here, where they harvest planets, turn it into goo, and then bathe in the goo mm-hmm. to kind of stay immortal or whatever. Yeah. The only thing I can think of when I just say that out loud and see it visualized uh, in the movie is like in the real world where mothers will eat their placenta after they give birth. Yeah. And they, and like, I don't know why, but that's kind of reminds me of uh, that whole initiative that Pierre Thiel was like trying to go after where he wanted to like siphon young people's blood inside of him. So he would stay young. Did it work? Uh, I think that, uh, got shot down because he's a fucking crazy dude. Then why do we have blood transfusions? Um, that existed for an entirely different reason, predating uh, Peter Thiel and his craziness. Yeah. 
So Eddie Redmayne is giving a very bizarre Ray Fiennes Voldemort performance here. Yes, he is. Uh, and he's not a good actor. No, he's not. Ray Fiennes is a good actor. That's not who he was talking about. Yeah. Right <laughs> uh, and I don't, I don't, I don't know what was happening with that. Uh, that is, that's a career definer for me. Me too. This is my favorite thing he's ever been <laughs> oh, in. Fuck, for fuck's sake. Um, the other siblings are playing these bizarre, and I, I think that's obviously in, completely <laughs> intentional uh, and, and okay. Uh, but for me, the bizarre storytelling here that is fantastical and is supposed to create this other universally viewpoint uh it's supposed to not make sense it's supposed to be ridiculous and yet for me it just comes off as stupid and uh, that's you know that's just what it ended up being because it, it is this film is unapologetically exactly what it's set out to be uh and i do applaud the wachowskis for making the film that they wanted to make um that being said i thought a lot of the storylines were stupid I thought the CGI in this film was actually really bad. Um, the scene where they are flying over Chicago and like running into churches and they were exploding and everything that looked like some like second Transformers movie. Yeah, shit. that five car pile up explosion on the uh, the lower bridge and then they just like jumped off of it onto a um, cloaked alien ship and then piloted that alien ship around. I was. That was kind of the moment where I just said, what the fuck? And I'm just like, how could you do my hometown so dirty like that? Why could you do that to me? Yeah. How could you do that to me? Is that your hometown? Yeah. Um, Chicago? I was born in Chicago. Were you really? Yes. And, and And that is because there are, like, the very first scene, which is um, Jupiter's right before her birth, and her um, parents are together, and her... Uh, father is very much into astronomy, and her mother is just a woman, <laughs> at least in this story. Um, I'm just a girl. Yeah, uh, a lot of that those that you know four minute prologue is actually pretty beautiful, I think. Uh, and then the rest of the film takes place, and that's 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 I think ultimately my uh, my downfall here is that it just. <laughs> My downfall is the is the whole entire film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There was the there was the one line that the father said when he was uh, it's like the sky it's filled with miracles, and I'm just like, uh, we're going all we're going all the way cloud atlas in here, aren't we? Yeah, we're, we're doing. I will that. say uh, one part of this film that I definitely definitely genuinely love and appreciate is uh her holding the vial when she is told by the uh um Jonas Brothers fill in uh a Brassix triplet that Titus <laughs> that that is holding a hundred, hundred dead people in it yep. and she gets all flustered and drops and then it just looks like pre cum and, <laughs> and it just it makes no or does it make perfect? I actually, I actually fucking love that I because well. that's just that's especially because I do like his reaction. I'm like, it's okay. Yes, <laughs> this is no. We're gonna put this in a pool, and you're gonna be younger, so that'll be great. Yeah. Um, also, too, I all... just see him taking like a squeegee and just like trying to get it <laughs> off the back edge. into the back. This back is, in, back this, into the remains. Of the this container. is money. Come on, yeah. we need, we we can't waste this. Yeah. Uh yeah. 
I I got I got not much left to say about this in general. It's just it's just not good. Yeah. It's a it's a mess and you know what it's um you know I appreciate what it was trying to do much more than I would like if I saw a bad DC film I would appreciate that a lot less. I would appreciate Man of I appreciate Man of Steel a lot less than I do this. Okay. Um that's admirable. Yeah. Would you they, say they still suck, but yeah. out of curiosity, okay, that you or didn't, but yes or no, that you enjoyed the experience of rewatching it, knowing what it is more than you did the first time having to sit through it, or did it pretty much like nope, this is just no. a waste of my time? Uh, I will say at least there was not like a catching up period where I had to like is this catch ever going on to, to what this is. Yeah. I will say, though, this film pretty quickly establishes what it's going to be, I think, within the first 15 minutes. In the first, like, lines. <laughs> it's just like, I'm an alien, and I'm an illegal one at that. And it's like, mm. Technically, I'm an alien. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, I wasn't, like, dreading rewatching this. Let's put it that way. Like something like I would rewatch this again over something like Hereditary. Mm. So, All right. Anyways, so, respect. Yeah, Tucson. All right. So, yeah, I've had a lot of time to like stew over my own thoughts about this film with this whole like, you know, back and forth between Nick and Alex. Um, I find it very hard to say anything intelligent about this film, let alone intelligible about this film. But I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Uh, you know, every film is a miracle. You know that? Every film is a miracle. It's a miracle that films even get made with how many moving parts from just initial concept all the way through pre-production, formal production to post-production, and then actually like getting it out into theaters. Uh, unless you're the hunt. Unless you're the hunt, yeah, exactly. It's, it's any, any like films that that, that, that that's a that's a dream deferred right there. Yeah, that's a dream deferred that, right there. Yep, and uh, this, that makes it even more apparent that every film is a miracle. Every film is a miracle. You know what? This film is a miracle. I watch it, and I I gotta concur with Nick that um, where else are you gonna get this? It's it's kind of insane. It's it's actually it's it's almost it's almost novel. Um, how fucking batshit this film is and that it actually made it out into theaters and that it totally owns what it is and and doesn't try to be anything else. And, you know, I got to admire it for that. Um, other mm -hmm. times I was just like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm watching right now and I just, I don't want to strain myself to try to critique it too hard just because I you really do have to sort of like accept it at its at its face. You really have to like meet it meet it where it is. Um I'm not entirely sure if I was able to do that all the time because all I could, all I could think of but all I could think of is um trying to do the mental math of like what this film sort of made me what it wouldn't what it reminded me of and, and, and how do I how Did do it I... remind you of Brazil at any point? You know the movie it, it Brazil, not it, the yeah, yeah. Country. I mean, uh, when you said that, I could totally see that, especially because of the Terry Gilliam like uh, cameo there. But funny enough, I didn't think necessarily about Brazil and the bureaucracy in Brazil. I thought of Gringotts from Harry Potter. 
I mean, from a visual standpoint. I think from a visual standpoint, yeah. like yeah, I was like, I just it it it, it felt way more whimsical than uh, than Brazil ever was. But I can to- I I I'm I'm not refuting. I'm I not. Think, I think that's totally that's, there. They that's totally, put it out. That's that's, there. that's that, totally. That's there. why they casted him. And yeah, yeah. That's um, what they were going for. Whether they succeeded. It's or not. it's um, uh, this film is like if Twilight fucked Men in Black. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. They don't. And and and, and and Guardian and, and the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and it gave birth to the Phantom Menace, and that's a um, lot. That's there's a lot in this film, and and, and at the same this and, is Padres. And at the same time, it's just there's a yeah. It's, there's nothing else quite like it. What did you think of the climatic moment in which our heroine? defiantly smashes her iPad against the will of our antagonist so that the real estate transfer wouldn't take place. Like that That's what I'm saying. Like that that like remi- I felt that reminds that. me of 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 of, I felt that. of trade blockades in in the Phantom Menace. It's that kind of is that kind of shit. Um Man, okay. If this movie had Jar Jar Binks in it, people would have ate this shit up. No. No. There's nothing. I don't think there is a single character in this film that is as <laughs> charismatic as Jar Jar Binks. Ooh, I don't, really? I don't think so. Who, who's comparable to Jar Jar Binks in this film? Um, name I'm gesturing him. to the entire film. Name, name them. Name that character. I don't think there's any like breakout. I don't remember breakout Jar Jar weird. Binks being in his private quarters, failing to have an orgy in zero gravity. <laughs> but I do remember Titus. Yeah, I will say there. there, there, there is no probably exact comparison to Jar Jar Binks. There's no. There's you say no... charismatic as if yeah. the fact that he has a personality means he's charismatic. Mm. Those are not interchangeable whatsoever. Yeah, Misa don't know. It's uh, Misa don't know. It's uh, you're, you're a little too good at that accent. Yeah, yeah. Bees don't lie. Bees don't lie. They don't. There's no. There's no Effie trinket here. There's no character that is over the top just for the sake of being over the top in this they're film. all over the top they're all so over the top that everything is they're, lev- uh, okay they're all level that, 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 and that, that levelness is, is all the kinda... villains are over the top but they're not though that's the thing all the villains are like depressed teenagers true. yeah they all that's feel true. like they belong in a jim jarmusch film yeah oh god <laughs> you just got me hard <laughs> But, uh, Hard yeah. up for cash. It's uh, mom. If it's, you're it's listening, it's a great. Can I have twenty bucks? It's a uh, yeah. It's a film. It's a film, and I watched it, and I I could have easily gone my entire life without having watched it, <laughs> but I did, and now I know that I'll never forget it, and I can say that I'll never forget Jupiter ascending. Jupes. Yeah, that's another thing. Jupes. 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 What's her last name? Jupes. Jupiter Jones. Jupes Jones. Jupes Jones. Jupes Jones. Man. Yeah, it is nice when uh, Channing Tatum gets his CGI wings back at the end. Oh my god! I mean, weren't we all waiting for that moment? Seriously, that was some. That it's weird, but I mean, didn't think he was going to end up being Clarence there from were, It's a Wonderful Life. There were but multiple yeah, here parts we are. where, uh, when when he got thrown out of the airlock, and then he got a ship, and then he flew through a giant blockade of other 
little bits and bobs. There was a order. lot. There's a lot of sh- there's a lot of shit on the screen. Is what I'm trying to say. Well, I, don't, I didn't understand where was, the fuck it was going. But there was, was actually like, a lot of this movie visually that is almost like copyright illegal, close to Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> the first film. I mean, uh, when did Guardians of the Galaxy come out? That's when it year prior. Okay, so. Uh, so maybe the Wachowskis have some explaining to do. Uh, but between the bodysuit that comes out in space, you know, like like the whole visual conception of that looked very similar to the uh, polygonal uh, makeup of how the ships lay out. Mm-hmm, the shield. Uh, yeah. uh, the sh- form a shield and having them have to go through. I'm not saying that science fiction is a well that you can't tap from the same water. Right, but the proximity but... of those two films and like the design I'm I'm pretty yeah. sure that a lot of the people who worked on that film worked on the other film. Yeah. And maybe Maybe, I sh- maybe not. Fuck, man. But Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, has a raccoon that talks and like, yeah, he says like funny things sometimes. That's but a, it that's a doesn't story that have Channing Tatum playing the Muppet Ralph, so <laughs> That's a story that A is is definitely more mainstream and definitely more comprehensive. Which I never thought I would say about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> that's of pretty all things. But... What's that? Guardians of the Galaxy. That's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. for a so time, that wasn't. story is more mainstream. The 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 plot line is definitely more uh, palatable for at a the time. That audience. was the weirdest that Marvel got, but it it, it wasn't was... that weird. I mean, it was the weirdest that Marvel got at that time. I think it was the most energized. What was that more Marvel weirder got. before? Like, I think that the soundtrack was way more. Marvel. Okay, it may have been weirder That's than what, what they previously did, but it didn't go that far outside. I know. Like, there's there's this, which is like there there's there's Guardians of the Galaxy, which is vanilla milk toast weird, and then there is this film, which is like several trips of ayahuasca weird. It's fucking weird. Jupiter's ascending is fucking weird. Yeah, they have uh, they have um, her putting a um, a pad on him to stop the bleeding. Or as two sock calls it, shut the fuck up. A tampon. <laughs> a lot of, there was a lot of uh, just poor information that was given when we were younger. Apparently, Do you saw, don't be embarrassed. Okay, <laughs> when I was in seventh grade, oh, I hate you so much. I uh, was tasked with doing a presentation in my science class where we all had to pick a disease. And for extra credit, I let my teacher pick the disease for me, and she thrusted upon me the responsibilities of presenting TSS, which is Toxic Shock Syndrome. Uh, and for those who don't know, usually you have a penis, uh, it is a disease in which sometimes the absorbency of tampons can suck in a little too much into the bloodstream and infection can run rampant. So I, as a 7th grader, learned all about the intricacies. I am guessing you got an A plus on this. I sure did. Your teacher's an asshole. No, she knew I would rise to the challenge. And before I even gave my uh, presentation, I got to like lead the class and I was like, okay, oh no, guys, we're going to talk about some serious stuff right here, so I need, like, the giggles to, you know, fall by the wayside. So, repeat after me, oh boy. vaginal fluids. And then they repeated, and then I said, okay, all right. 
and then I would say a few more. Uh, and they did, and we all got through it as people and human beings. And you know what? There were some ladies in there that didn't know what TSS was yet. Well, that was important then. Yeah, and guess what? Every boy in that class didn't know what TSS was. Of course. And, uh, yeah, I think the only weird part was on my poster board, I had, I stole one of my mom's boxes Mm. of tampons, and I specifically pointed that out. And I was like, these are my mom's, Mm. and let's see what she uses. And... (laughs) And turned around and read off the box. Oh, uh, but I did get an A+. Plus. Oh, and God. I just want you to know really that um, it's totally normal to get confused between a maxi pad and a tampon. <laughs> that's just a, that's That happens. God damn. So, anyway. That was such a long-winded story to just rip on Tucson even more. So that was good. Listen, because we're talking about Jupiter ascending, <laughs> and I already feel like I'm in my own corner... <laughs> You're really in your element to that. Uh, Thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will go. Okay. Yeah, you go. What Final you rating. Let's do it. I give this film an unironic three and a half out of five. I enjoy the hell out of this movie. I think scene by scene, I am watching something that is just energetically delivering shit I didn't know I needed to see until I see it. And you know what? It's incoherent. It's a mess. The characters are not well-defined at all. But do you know what? also not well-defined? The Bible. But guess what? That's one of the greatest compendium of shit thrown at the wall ever made. So in summation and in closing, I just want to say... That if you like the Bible, you would probably like Jupiter Ascending. Three and a half out of five. Very well. Uh, I will give this one and a half out of five. Uh, Again, I do... It's pretty good. Yeah, I think there are moments throughout here that I I enjoy. And I do enjoy some uh, some of the meandering storytelling that is done throughout here. As I, I think that there was some parts of this that were actually pretty decently thought out. Uh, That being said, the dialogue is for the most part just uh, ridiculous and meaningless and dribble. Uh, There are characters in here that seem like they were just created by a fourth grader and put fourth directly... grader who has seen Super Mario Brothers the movie <laughs> starring Bob Hopkins and John Leguizamo and I am referring to the uh Goombas. what's his name oh in this Koopa. film yeah um, Mr. Greekin yeah and the Goombas and Super Mario Brothers I... uh, also how about that elephant dude yeah who I call Trunky yeah he's cute I like him yeah uh, there's just a lot of detail here that just doesn't really make any sense. Um, and you know, it, it's the kind of thing, you know what? And I know it's an easy film to compare this to, well, I guess it's an easy film for that film to compare that to Jupiter Ascending. Um, but if you compare this and a film like Luc Besson's Valerian, they are movies that could definitely be cut into a fantastic trailer and then you see the final product, and you're like, "The fuck is this?" And I, I, I don't know. That's that's. Oh, the first Valerian trailer is actually quite good. 
I don't remember what the trailer looked like. Okay. I just and, remember that that film kicked ass, too. Ooh. And, and Rihanna as a fish stripper. Okay. We should review that film sometime. We did. We did already. Me and Alex did, but I would watch it with you All at right. any time. That's fair. So, at any rate, uh, there are a lot of just terrible performances here. I will agree that I feel like Channing Tatum is at least giving some sort of effort to what he was given as a character. Uh, but at the same time, most everyone else in this film just seems, uh, other than Sean Beam, yeah. who's actually just doing his normal shit. Yeah. Uh, everyone else is just here. They have no idea what's going on. They were given, it seems probably horrible direction and they gave the exact performance that they were always going to receive out of them because this film is fucking ridiculous. Do you think this kind of movie, like when it's being made, if you're an actor who's not one of like the first six, seven, eight build, whatever, like you're just maybe not like an extra, but whatever, uh, like you just look at the call sheet for the next day and you just pray you had tomorrow off because God willing, you have to go sit in a makeup chair to do whatever stupid shit and then try and take your job seriously as an actor and actor. The other thing about this film that's weird is that so many of the characters, there's no symmetry between any of them because other than yeah, the well. original scene with the three amigos, uh, they have no interaction throughout the rest of the entirety of the film. I really wonder if any of them even had the final script. Yeah, or if they were even in the same scene together. <laughs> They're even maybe, in the same... Maybe that's where the CGI money went. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. This just It just feels like a total mess. And, and he I... can't be here today. He's scarf shopping. <laughs> we'll just fill him in later. They did. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't go along with you, man, Nick. I uh, I can't go along with you that that uh, that I thought this was was a fun and interesting and unique yeah. film. I just think that this was a big pile of poo. So okay. one and a half out of five for me. Well, for Jupiter Ascending. It, the thing is, if you're going to call it a pile of poo, and yet you're not even going to say it's Poopiter Ascending, <laughs> then I just think your opinion is invalidated to begin with. So that's fair enough. I have no more words to say on this film. Good. Um, Good. I'm Let's not to... pad out this. Oh, I'm sorry. That was. I give this a two out of five. The gentleman's two. <laughs> yep. I'm done. Okay. Uh, Should we go watch it again? Oh, boy. I have to go. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't actually have to, but. I have to go. Guys. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to... Who turned off the lights? Yeah. Hello? <laughs> Sam? <laughs> Not that we're going to be off for a really long time, but... Uh... <laughs> wow, what did this movie do to us? Yeah. No, uh, I am going on a vacation for a somewhat extended period of time. Yay! I know. I'm very much looking forward to it. I feel like I've worked every single day this year because not everybody, you know, every working day. Take lots uh, of pictures. We will. <laughs> Emily is is a, a picture taker. Yeah. So, anyways, we're we're going on a trip, and it's going to be wonderful. Uh, but at the same time, we're going to take a little break. Uh, well, I'm gone, but we'll be back and doing weekly episodes in about a month or so. And uh, looking forward to that coming up, uh, starting on episode 202. So, thank you very much uh, to everyone. It's a palindrome. 
<laughs> for yeah uh thank you very much for everyone to catching up with us here on film tank you can always find our episodes on filmtankshow.com you can also find our episodes on streaming services like apple podcasts and stitcher and spotify ah oh, nick was mouthing them to me uh <laughs> And you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Film Tank Show. And also, last but not least, we don't get as many anymore, but we'd love to hear from you if you want to send on your review of Jupiter Ascending. Yeah, unless or, it sucks. Yeah, especially if it sucks. You can always send it to us at our email address, which is filmtankshow at gmail.com. So, from Tucson, Egan... Nick Cheney, myself, Alex Diegman, thank you very much, as always, for joining us here in Film Tank, and we'll catch up with you next time.